Hopefully you read the title of this podcast episode. I am officially a certified personal trainer by National Academy of Sports Medicine, or NASM for short. I've told a few people that I was officially certified, and they had a lot of the same questions for me. What was the process like? How did you even decide that you wanted to become a personal trainer? I'm going to throw all of those frequently asked questions into this one episode for anybody who's curious about the process, what I learned, and resources. Be sure to read this episode's description for additional links. Part 1. Getting Certified There are several institutions where you can get certified from. The three common ones, at least in the United States, I'm not sure about other countries, are NASM, that's the one I did, ACE, and ISSA. Out of those three, NASM is the most difficult one with a passing rate between 65 and 70%. ISSA is the easiest. I've been told that people can become certified trainers through ISSA within the span of a week. To me, it just reads like, there's no way they can get all of the knowledge necessary within a span of a week to become a good personal trainer. For NASM, you have six months starting from when you buy the course to take the test and pass. You have to be CPR certified before you take the CPT test. CPT is Certified Personal Trainer. There is a lot of study material for the NASM test. The course covers many topics, including major body systems and functions like the cardiorespiratory system, endocrine system, nervous system, types of bones, types of joints, as well as how to program based on clients' goals. This is because how you would program for a client who wants to lose weight would be different from how you would program for a client who wants to gain muscle or for a client who wants to reach athletic peaks. Y'all, I was nervous for the test. At the end of every chapter, they have a few questions to check your knowledge. I did well on that. Then I did the practice test and I was like, oh, crap. Whereas the check your knowledge questions was more factual, like the oxygenated blood goes to what part of the heart? The practice test questions were like, if a client wanted to lose weight, but they had XYZ symptoms that would make it hard for them to work out, what would you do? It was a lot more complex and required you to take into consideration a lot of factors. One study tool that I found to be helpful is the NASM podcast with Rick Ritchie. This podcast started out as another study tool where Rick Ritchie will review the contents of each section because people learn differently. Some people are really good at just reading. I am not one of those people. I learn better when I can hear people talk and put things into practice. So being able to hear someone tell me the information helped out a lot. Then they started to include episodes in the podcast that were more tips and tricks, like how would you remember the names of muscles or parts of the body and what they do? I also tried out a couple of apps, but none of them really helped me. I really just relied on the course material, the podcast, and also my friends who have been studying about the human body, health, and fitness a lot longer than I have. I would explain concepts to them to make sure I was learning things correctly, and they would let me know if I got something wrong or if they weren't sure about particular things so I could do further research on it. That was my process for getting certified. Part two. What? Why? How? What now? (laughs) The only reason why I became certified is because my friend and I were working with a personal trainer. On our last session, she said, Juliet, if you get certified, I will hire you as a personal trainer. And I was like, ooh, I like the idea of money coming in. It helps that I really do enjoy health and fitness. One of my 2022 goals is just to feel the strongest I've ever been in my body. I want to do a bunch of different activities like yoga, biking, running, just really move my body in many different ways and see how that feels. 
I do want to start training clients in the first half of 2022, but I have no plans on becoming a full-time personal trainer. That's because there's so many things outside of the health and fitness realm that I want to achieve. Dreams that I've had before becoming a certified personal trainer. But who knows, maybe it'll change in the future. As of right now, I'm learning from my personal trainer all the different equipment in the gym, as well as how she programs workouts. She is teaching me a lot like how to start from level one of a movement and build up to, for example, a back squat or a deadlift. If you want to work on specific muscle groups, what are the possibilities that you can do? I'm also learning from other personal trainers at the gym so I can understand what each of their personal training style is and figure out my own style for training. So that's the plan for now. Part three, what I learned. Ooh, a lot. The big things though. One is like in many areas of society, of life, There's so much bullshit surrounding health and fitness that's floating out there on social media. I am specifically talking about Instagram only because I'm not on TikTok. I'm sure there's a lot of crap on TikTok as well. I've seen a lot of this bullshit because I hang out on the subreddit Gymsnark, which is a wordplay on the athleticwear brand Gymshark. It is a subreddit that always has something going on. Just being on Gymsnark, you start to notice patterns of what these fitfluencers do to make you buy their program, even if they're not certified, misinformation, so much. For example, a lot of fitfluencers put these galleries of moves that you should try for your workouts. A lot of them are either unnecessarily complex and stupid, or there's not enough information and guidance on form tips. So if you're not doing it correctly, you're either not working the correct muscles or you could potentially injure yourself. Another big thing that I learned is how you program a workout, meaning what is the structure and order of your programming. There are ways to have a really efficient and effective even 30 minute workout. And then the last big thing that I learned is that resistance training is not just for young people. It is also important in older populations. This is important because I have been trying to get my dad to do some strength training with me, but he does not enjoy it. There is a trainer that I follow on Instagram. Her handle is SoHeFit. She got her mom to commit to working out with her two times a week, 15 minutes per session, focused on resistance training. And that's something that I want to do with both of my parents. I shall see how that goes. That's all I have for today's episode. If you have any questions, thoughts, comments, there will be a link in the description where you can send me an audio message. I would love to hear your voice and your comments. All right. Talk to you later. Bye.